0: Hello everyone, welcome back to the Open Bar Experience, David Dacker, your host. Well hello everyone, I am back with the Open Bar Experience, this is David Dacker, your host. Man, there's a lot going on this weekend, but I'm not going to get into too much i think what i'm gonna do in this particular podcast is just graze right over it and move into some cocktail conversation and that is um, first weekend back in uh houston texas you know bars open back up and uh already the uh, mayor is talking about doing some uh, crackdown and forcing of the uh of the rule of 50% or, or less, uh, maximum 50% capacity of your occupancy. And um, people haven't been uh, complying to that, so he's going to have to send out the fire marshals and uh, I don't know what other department uh, to check on occupancy and make sure that people are complying. Evidently, a bunch of people kind of fucked it up for everybody, and that is what we're dealing with right now. The fact that some of these bars that are fucking shit up for everybody else probably are pulling enough money to get themselves through this and uh, making it worse for everyone else. Because the more people just give fucks or I should say no fucks and uh, go out and this thing keeps spreading, 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 then it puts those people that normally wouldn't be facing death to face death. But we'll see, this is going to work out itself sooner rather than later and within the spectrum of what the earth has existed, we're only here for a very, very brief time. What are we talking about today? Well, today I'm going to talk about the Manhattan and Manhattan variations. The Manhattan not so much. I'm going to go more into the variations thereof. But let's let's uh, uh, establish um, a baseline with the Manhattan. And it's a cocktail that has three ingredients. Because of that, it falls into a very unique ca- category of classics that are fundamentally sound. Um, the Old Fashioned, the Daiquiri, somewhat the uh, Margarita. Um, those are just sound cocktails because you can change you know in the uh old-fashioned and put any spirit in there because that's that's the uh, recipe any spirit sugar and bitters and many different types of bitters um and then same thing with the manhattan you can do it with bourbon you can do it with rye you can change out the different brands of uh vermouth the different styles of vermouth and as long as you use an aromatic bitters uh that whole cocktail comes together obviously you can do magic if you know what you're doing with your flavors but otherwise you still won't fuck it up too bad so like i said uh i'm gonna hand three ingredients one of them is gonna be rye another one is gonna be vermouth and the other one is bitters okay i've said it before and i'm gonna keep saying it for a very long time vermouth is a wine so it needs to be refrigerated So it oxidizes, meaning premium wine uh, or premium vermouth, you're gonna have three weeks with it and cheap shit vermouth, uh, you're gonna have about three days with it. And depending on where your palate is, um, is whether you're gonna pick it up or not. You could push it a little bit more, but still uh, after a week of some of that three to $7 uh, vermouth that you get at the store, Uh, Less than $10, most of them unless you really know how to pick one um, are gonna be give you about three three to five days The ones that are 15 and 30 those are gonna give you three weeks if not four All right, so we got the rye we got the vermouth and then we got the bitters So that's the uh, the structure of the Manhattan. So one of the variations of it is the uh, red hook the Red Hook is a delicious cocktail that uses punta mes, and punta mes is both bitter and sweet. So it's like sweet vermouth, one point um, vermouth, and half a point of amaro, and that's what the punta mes is, point and a half. <clears throat> it's a very interesting vermouth, um, because it does both. It, it's like an amaro that leans towards vermouth, and it's a vermouth that leans towards an amaro. Very delicious. Very delicious specific though uh um category uh because i haven't seen too many of those um and this is done by antica um or carpano i should say is the one that does punto mez. so there's a very specific uh, uh brand use rye, punta mez, and uh, a little bit of a maresquino liqueur to soften the uh, the finish right so that's the gonna be the red hook so you still got the rye, um, you still have a, a format, a form of vermouth, which is the Punta Mez, And then you have the maraschino liqueur that is both, it's got some uh, astringency to it, in addition to sweetness and, and, and cherry flavors. So fruitiness, uh, incredibly delicious. Then you have your black Manhattan, which is you take the, uh, the vermouth completely out and you just replace it with Amaro. Um, and that's gonna be rye, Um, Averna and uh, bitters. Now, in this one you can do two dashes of Ango, uh, Angostura bitters which is aromatic. You can do one of Ango, one of orange um, or you can do just one dash of uh, aromatic bitters because it really depends on your level of bitterness tolerance. Um, in addition to that, the, the bitters also add spice, it ties all those uh, flavors together. That is if you like darker, richer flavors, in addition to some bitterness, um, the red hook is going to be if you like something that has got that dark flavors, not as intense, and then it brightens up with a little bit of fruit, fruitiness. Um, then you have the... Uh, Little Italy, which is uh, rye, chinar, and uh, bitters, vermouth, and bitters. So this one is where you split the uh, vermouth. And you're going to do two ounces. Of, on all of these, you're going to do two, one, two. is really what you're playing around with, which is the fundamental uh, recipe of the Manhattan, the area code. Two ounces of rye, one ounce vermouth, two dashes of bitters. All right so in the little italy what you're gonna do is you're gonna do two ounces of rye you're gonna do half ounce of sweet vermouth half a half an ounce of chinar and then one dash of angostura bitters or aromatic bitters so now you're you're adding these two flavors you're kind of doing your punta but with uh, 50 50 and you're changing the herbal and uh, spice notes to it too What's the other one? The other one is going to be the Green Point, which I like a lot. And the Green Point takes this same approach, which is instead of the vermouth, it's splitting the vermouth. And so you still have the two ounces of rye, half ounce of sweet vermouth, and then you have half ounce of, of uh, green chartreuse with a dash of bitters, uh, a dash or two of bitters. Anytime you do two dashes or something like this, you may might as well go ahead and try the orange bitters. In a, along the side, of the uh, aromatic because fruity on fruity is just going to round it out. Um, so that's the green point. So, all of these are cocktails that are have essentially the same structure as the uh, Manhattan. Uh, you can pretty much follow the same recipe, that 212, and then take it from there. If you're doing this at home, that should be the fun part for you uh, because. Uh, first off, you want to find out what vessel along uh, unless you if you don't have a jigger, which is a measuring device that bartenders use uh, that have uh, broken measures. So it might be two ounces to the top and then an ounce and a half if you cut it short. But it, it has a marker for it. And then on the other side has an ounce and then three quarters, half and, or quarter. That's your, your jigger. Most of us use a bit, Japanese jigger. But then, uh, if you don't have that, what is it that you're going to use as a measurement of a 2 to 1 ratio, right? Because you might have some small glasses that are only 3 ounces. And if you pour it the same every time, you can pull 2 ounces from there. And then 2 ounces, half the amount, 1 ounce, and then 2 dashes of bitters. But To me, that's kind of the fun thing about doing it at home is that you're going to be getting creative with the way that you execute it as much as the way that you build it. That is it. Actually, I've been mulling over on that. Those are the cocktails that I normally uh, like to teach together because they're so similar. And while teaching one, the Manhattan, I get to teach two or three, uh, sometimes four cocktails. Because into this, like we can add other cocktails that are very similar. Uh, the Brooklyn uh, Brooklyn is one of them, um, which is like a dry Manhattan, but the, with the maraschino. So sort of like uh, a mix of the uh, Red Hook and the Manhattan. Now, one thing about the Manhattan is that you can have it dry, sweet, or perfect, and that is rye. You know, same same recipe, right? Two one two so rye dry vermouth and bitters um rye sweet vermouth and bitters or rye and then you do half vermouth uh half dry vermouth half sweet vermouth and then the bitters and that's your perfect um and they order, dry sweet perfect So I know that all of us are spending a lot of time online right now looking up all kinds of crazy shit or just simply trying to entertain one another uh, or simply entertaining oneself. So YouTube, that's where I'm at. I've uh, started to make some videos. I'm not doing uh, the podcast on video yet, but it's a form of my podcast um, that is going on there. So check it out. That's going to be David Daquiri TV. I know that everybody's ready to get out. Everybody wants to just go have a good time and not have to worry about much, because the last couple of months has been very, very intense, very intense. We've been terse in society. It's just been this this, this pressure that has been keeping us on on our mindsets on alert, and so we want to go out and just blow some steam off. Totally get it. Um, just today, let's uh, let's make sure that we're being cautious. Let's make sure that we're being mindful uh, of other people's uh, uh, health situation. I mean, I encounter people all, all the time that I don't know and there's no way for me to know that they have some immunodeficiency or something like that, right? And so let's be mindful of others and let's be careful in the way that we, we interact uh, at the, in this time of, uh, of COVID. And um, I... I think that we need to definitely blow some steam off, but let's do it cautiously. So one of the things I've been doing in in some of the uh, podcasts has been to bring some chefs along um, to talk about the industry with uh, the perspective of the back of the house versus the front of the house. And so today I have... uh, Chef uh, Chris Williams from uh, Lucille's in the museum district. And uh, he, they've been open throughout the um, the shutdown and uh, they just recently redid their menu for the reopening. So, uh, how you doing, Chef?
1: Doing well, man, appreciate you having me on the show. Big
0: fan of it. Ah, well, I appreciate that. I know that, that I've seen you throughout this thing uh, a few times, you know, I've seen you with outside of six feet, uh, being safe and right. all, <laughs> um, and you stayed open the whole time and did pretty well with the uh, to go and, and uh, curbside, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, so
1: when it first came down, a um, little backstory. So when the world was changing, <clears throat> I was in New York the day that uh, Broadway went dark. Watching. Oh my shit. Old- yeah watching my oldest brother's show that was the last day of his show i caught the last showing of his show and then i watched new york shut down all around me which was bizarre right yeah um and then fast forward to the very next weekend and i mean some people may see this in a a bad way but i had a birthday thing i had to go to which was in new orleans (laughs) and i watched bourbon street shut down all around me um (laughs) Um, well, actually, from a distance of
0: yeah, more than 60. <laughs> a safe but distance. I,
1: I watched that set down, and so I knew that Houston would be next. Wow! Next 24 hours, but that's exactly what it was. In 24 hours, Houston was set down. So, on the way back, I was considering this. I was thinking about what we're going to do, and um, we took one day to meet with the team to discuss our options to discuss what doing business in this new world was going to look like and uh i knew that i had to stay open not for lucille's because lucille's been open for eight years right yeah and so um and we were man when i tell you david like we were fucking peeking like I'm talking about, like we were, we were at the top of our game. The menu was tight, the staff was golden.
0: I was able to do food diplomacy tours and be in Ukraine with <laughs> the laptop, and the business is still rolling. Well. Like it was, it was, it was a dream, right? Man, you really were uh, uh, living the dream. I, I was going for it, you know what I mean? It
1: took a lot of pain to get there, but I mean, I was there, right? But I was telling my father, he's like, man, what the hell's going on? Why is it going
0: so good? I was like, I don't know, Pop, but when it goes down, it's going to go down bad. Uh, and so... um It was a bigger so surprise there, than you thought, huh?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking like, you know, some some TABC shit that I forgot. I didn't know it was going to be
0: <laughs> yeah, in the, paperwork. the, the restaurant
1: <laughs> world as we knew it. Yeah. But, um, but so I knew that I had to stay open because knowing that they were going to do a bunch of all the unemployment benefits and and, the inevitable stimulus package, I knew that a lot of my staff wouldn't feel comfortable working in this environment. And then also, you know, in this restaurant industry, there's not a lot of room for vacations. So I knew a lot of people were just going to wait, hey, let me take unemployment. I'll probably make more money doing that than I would now in the new new to-go setup. Um, But there are a bunch of people in restaurant business that we all know of that aren't necessarily comfortable we're going after government assistance
2: for yeah. whatever
1: reason um so we had to stay open for them so we redid the menu switched over to a to go model built the system within a day and uh we were rolling and the goal was just to be like you know just to hit like maybe five thousand dollars a week so that way lucille's could hold right what he's built not lose and we could sustain the team that can't get any assistance um or wasn't comfortable getting assistance, rather. And in that first week, dude, we did what,
0: six, eight times that. Wow, wow, and, that's yeah, insane. It, it, was, it, was, it was insane, and what we did, like I
1: dropped the prices across the board, took profitability out of the model. Like it was no longer about being profitable, it was about being sustainable, and uh, providing the space for these people to still work, and provide for their families, in this new world. And so we did that, and was actually even able to give them a raise. For taking the risk, for being here, for doing this with us.
0: Oh um, snap!
1: Yeah, it was awesome, man. It was awesome, um, as awesome as it can be, in that time. Right. And uh, and so yeah, so we did that, and a lot of restaurants shuttered, or not shuttered, but they shut down, thinking that this COVID thing would just be like a two-week thing. Everybody take a vacation, then we'll get back to business as usual. By week three. Uh, Restaurants started to realize This shit's gonna Like a significant change We either gotta We gotta make some moves Or it's gonna be Lights out for good So more restaurants Started to get on board With the to-go thing Um,
0: I I was one of those Tell you the truth That I thought This was gonna blow over After a a few weeks Maybe a couple of months Max uh, Until You know I had the time off To sit and read And catch up with shit And um, No this is It's gonna last a while
1: yeah man Like I mean I was like I'm one of those Doomsday cats <laughs> so I,
0: I know Because I, I noticed That you switched Like you switched gears Real quick You're like okay From this day on we, We're gonna do business In a different way We're not gonna try The old shit Yeah Because we couldn't do it And
1: I was really Preparing for You know You remember that movie Demolition Man
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's you
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I was thinking That we are gonna be Like moved to the Demolition Man model Where it's only gonna be Taco Bell like that's the only restaurant and then, and nobody's touching each other unless we're fighting or fucking like, that's what I
2: thought. <laughs>
0: that's what I thought we're survival. Different. The only time yeah. you're touching on both directions. We got to make this baby, you know, the world depends on it. Wasn't that, like it
1: was lights out. Um, but yeah, so we switched over and,
2: uh, and,
1: and, and made it through. And then as more restaurants started to open up, business started to slow down significantly. Um, and it got tough to where i was thinking about okay now we're gonna have to start dipping into the to the reserves or we're
2: gonna yeah. have to you know do what i really didn't want to do which was open up because i still believe it's too soon yeah to open
1: up um I,
0: like i honestly do and well I, I yeah have... because i mean you, you're basically playing the uh, numbers game the idea of the yeah. shutdown was that you get enough people off the streets and from hanging out with one another and it won't spread as much and now it's kind of spreading <laughs> Not that yeah. much, but it's a lot more than it was before And so it's it's bound to get worse
1: And Yeah, I mean, you know, like, who knows Because, I mean, like, we're still talking about Like, just a little bit over 2% of the population Has been tested or some shit like that Like, I mean, like, who knows
2: Yeah.
0: But
1: I know that people And I was actually surprised by how anxious people were to get out but I guess that's just because I'm an introvert, and I was kind of I kind of welcome the solitude. Like, no, you can't come over to my house because there's, <laughs> I don't have enough there's not enough space for us to maintain six feet of distance all time, So You just can't come over. Yeah. But so, uh, but we had to. We had to open up. Um, but I have this huge patio, so we're just going to use that patio exclusively. Huge, beautiful patio with the garden.
0: Yeah. No, that that patio you've been working on for a while, huh?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And this was just the, the push that I need to go ahead and you know get it right. Yeah. Um. And as soon as we do that, invest a ton of money into it, then the weather wants to switch it, or at least the meteorologists want to tell us that it's raining every day <laughs> until the end of days. And, and so, then what do you have to do? You got to open up on the inside space it all the way out. Oh and, wow. Uh, and the, you know, and the biggest, the main reason why I didn't want to open it up, like if I'm completely honest, is because like with this restaurant, and you remember, yeah, when you were here, like it was so deliberate, like in the fact that we were able to serve. Politicians, plumbers, doctors,
2: unemployed,
1: yeah. lawyers, everybody under the same roof, breaking bread, not necessarily together, but under the same roof, doing it comfortably, which was unique in this in this town at that time. You know, we opened up, we were the first one, especially black owned restaurant doing that.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that that was the thing that, that was really special about it is, is that it was it, it was representative of Houston and the amount of doctors. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's definitely got a great vibe
1: doctors and patients you know what i mean
0: like that yeah. that was really interesting and like so that dynamic was like something that was like
1: i worked for very deliberately to achieve that because that's what i found you know in europe when i lived out there for all those years like you would see that in all the pubs especially in england like everybody got fucked up together
2: <laughs>
1: but, so we were trying to recreate that here and then the the idea of looking at my dining room everybody separated and now with this with this disease out here this virus like class plays a much more significant role
0: yeah. than it used to you know what I mean because now it's like the people that are at highest risk are the
2: ones that that live in poverty people of color all this kind of shit
1: so it just gives an extra reason for the segregation and I couldn't stand the idea of seeing my dining room split up and segregated like that right yeah um, and that's me being
0: well dumb it. okay so let's go and click it back a little bit um What's the story with uh, the name of Lucille's? I you I mean eight years, man, I think you were celebrating your first year whenever Hold I first uh, went there
1: yeah, yeah, I think it was I think it was my second year actually but um yeah you came in and changed the game with the cocktail program <laughs> Appreciate
0: that. <laughs> no worries, <laughs> so but I mean, so Luc- to be like but um. Yeah, so the Lucille is named after my great grandmother, who's a chef and a
1: pioneer. Um, she started her career at the turn of the century, um, and just a list of firsts: she used the, you know, published her first cookbook in 1941. She came up with the first commercial culinary educational program in the country through Prairie View. Uh, in the 30s, she authored all the text herself. She came with the nation's first hot mm. roll mix, which Pillsbury borrowed. Um, uh, that's not that's not family lore. That's verified by the Chicago chicago tribune in 2014 and so what we did is we wanted to pay homage to her um and her legacy is an american icon but not not just a culinary, but um, like a like a trendsetter barrier breaker badass woman yeah uh, yeah and so we served two of her most famous recipes and to this day even in the
0: covid world they're still our best sellers <laughs> oh really chili yeah. biscuits i'm fucking chili biscuits those things are good, man. Those they things are, are really, really
1: good. Insane. Like it was, the idea that was so crazy to me when I was researching her and trying to figure out fine-tune the concept. And my old fans like, you
2: got to do a chili biscuit. And I was like, what the hell is a chili biscuit? And nobody could describe it in a way that <laughs> made sense in my mind. So I'm just thinking like a sloppy dough on biscuit, right? Yeah.
1: And, and I take it to my grandmother, her daughter, and she couldn't cook at all. Like that woman could only boil water. So she had no advice whatsoever. She just looked at me. She's like, "No, baby." I was like, "So no what? Like too much biscuit, too much chili?" But she's like, "This is just not it. Like this is not it." So finally, I started to figure it out and got the, got some good information and I'm able to get them back as close to what they were supposed to be, as close to what they were a hundred years ago, and it's a hundred-year-old recipe.
0: Already, wow. Yeah. Yeah, so I I remember that you you used to get that even from uh, customers whenever you would make the chicken right or something, you know. Yeah, I, they I always send you back says, to the kitchen, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is this really pretty special relationship to have with your uh, with your guests. Yeah, but I
1: didn't want that shit. I, <laughs> I, I definitely didn't build it to get you know critique and people feel so comfortable <laughs> they'd be like, "No, Seth, uh, no, not even Seth, are you the cook?" <laughs> Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, I do cook here. I'm the one that cooks, Um, yeah. You know what I mean? (laughs) They're telling me to go back, go,
2: rework my life. (laughs) Um, But, you know,
1: sometimes there's some some nuggets you can take from and work with, especially if you hear it enough. So you got to be open to criticism to some
0: extent. Yeah, and I mean, it's really about how people approach it. And I think that people feel very comfortable there. So the approach tends to be uh, a default to something very homely. Yeah, yeah, that's
1: true. That's true, and that was deliberate as well. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh-huh. So what what do you got planned? I mean, what are you looking to do in the next six months? Man, in the
1: next six months, I'm trying to, um, you know, navigate my way through this ridiculous the ridiculous terms of this PPP. So that's the next month and a half, actually, uh, wow. so I can make sure that I don't get in debt with uh, the government because I think it's it's a ridiculous um the terms are just silly but so you got to take advantage of it and try to really try to make it work and do it the right way because i mean anybody can marty bird the shit but
0: yeah i've heard a lot uh that a lot from from uh places that that have gotten the uh the loans is that it's the terms are pretty fucking insane they make it difficult to to for you to actually get the grant
1: Exactly. I mean, so I mean, so getting the gr- I mean, getting the grants are damn near impossible because you have like what thirty million people uh, just in the south going for that shit, right? Yeah. Uh, that have teams of people sitting there just hitting buttons to get it. <laughs> but then, but then when if you get the if you get the PPP or when you get the PPP and you're a restaurant. The whole point of this is spend seventy five percent of your payroll, to spend seventy five percent of that loan amount on payroll. Now, if anybody knows anything about restaurants, they know that sixty percent of restaurants expenses are tips. They're tip based. Yeah. So how the hell am I supposed to get up to get, you know, ninety six ninety six thousand dollars a month in payroll back when <laughs> we're you know, we're doing there's no tips we can only operate a twenty five percent business and I wouldn't want safely I want you know, responsibly to op- uh, operate anything higher than that. Yeah. Because I don't want to be the epicenter of, like, a COVID breakout in Houston. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> it's not worth it. But
0: so it's well, just the,
2: the, the terms are unrealistic.
0: Yeah, I know. Because, I mean, during a time that the business is slower, so you have less staff and, you know, you cut hours to that staff, um, you know, it get, it makes it really difficult to, to get up to. What the estimated uh, Payroll is Which was like Two and a half Or something like that Alright and, and, right. and then On top of that Like Um You can't really raise Their 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 wages that much Cause then it looks like You're Cheating But it's yeah. like Well When somebody You know Makes two Three dollars an hour Six dollars an hour Eight dollars an hour It gets pretty fucking difficult To right. a, At ten so, hours a, a, a week Or you know Whatever it is these days Yeah And so to do, I mean, what I
1: actually did was take like Bernie Sanders' proposed model from back in the day, because that's the only way that I could make it work, like legally, to make it clean and make it right and make people whole. The ones that aren't on unemployment who are making four thousand dollars a month chilling, um, is that I had to pay these people fifteen dollars an hour.
2: $15 right. Fifteen
1: dollars an hour, and um, and that's that's fair, that's fine. You know what I mean? Because that's that's you know that's less than what they would make on unemployment, and that's less than what they would make. Um, with the tips that they would normally get, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, cause my servers average like around two thousand a week, a little bit under two thousand a week, and so we're just trying to get to that point um, to just keep everybody whole. And so it's it's taking some like a lot of thinking and um, planning and. And, and just energy, like I mean, you see me, dude. I've, yeah, <laughs> I'm growing a lot of hair on my face, and it's all gray. And that's the only place that I'm growing hair.
2: Nothing's happening on the top. <laughs> over. COVID, COVID is just taking it from
1: me. I know.
0: Every time I've seen you, uh, you've been running from one spot to the next. Yeah, and I know, right? Yeah, and you know, it's it's your baby and and all that. But it's still a lot of times like people can see the passion that we have for the industry. But it's yeah. still fucking tiring whenever you put in yeah. those hours. Yeah, it is. It man. doesn't change. The passion just keeps you driving while you're tired, but it doesn't change that yeah. you're tired. Yeah. Yeah. The passion
1: allows you to take much more beating. You know what I mean? You're getting your ass beat, but you can just take a few more punches. You
0: know yeah.
2: what I mean? Because of passion. But we're still going to pay for it in the long run. You know that, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the body will
1: break down eventually. It's, it's gonna be, it's gonna get over our past and be like, "Okay, fuck you. It's time for a break."
0: Yeah, I know. You need to stop, and I'm doing it now.
1: Yeah, well, good for you.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, the body. You know. Oh, gotcha. gotcha I haven't gotcha. gotten I, I, to I that not, point.
1: That was jealousy right there. I was like,
2: man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Well, I appreciate you being on the show. Um, and you know, good luck. I, I mean, I'll be. Talking to you, but definitely within uh, everything that's going on, I think a little bit of luck would be nice. Yeah, yeah, it
1: wouldn't hurt anybody, man. I wish the same to you. Um, keep doing what you're doing, man. It's great. And uh, look forward to another batch of those cocktails, bro.
0: <laughs> so that's a big thanks to Chef Chris Williams uh, for coming on the show and sharing with us a little bit of what he has been going through during the time of COVID, during this transition time that has consumed. Our lives to the degree that we don't even know how to talk about it anymore. At least I don't. Um, he's been staying busy. Give him a give him a, a ring. Uh, uh, pick up some food. Uh, the style of food over there is going to be that southern comfort food, uh, comfort food, and uh, I mean like true southern comfort food. So great wine list too. All right. Besides that, I have the YouTube channel. I don't know if I mentioned it maybe i did maybe i mentioned it once but youtube channel i'm doing uh cocktails a little bit of cocktail history uh contextualizing the whole idea of uh, certain groups of uh, cocktails and the uh the effort to educate the masses of bartenders and that is including uh the home bartender so this is it for this show uh, i hope that you're doing well during the uh this, uh, strange, strange time of, uh, of our lives. And, uh, I'll talk to you next week.